Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to TFL Talking Trucks. And this episode is very special for two big reasons. First, we're trying to get to the bottom of this question. What's the best truck in North America? And the second reason is because I have a very special guest, my friend Stephen Elmer from Truck King. Hey, folks. How's everybody doing? Hello again, I guess I should say. <laughs> yes. So, Stephen, uh, well, if you've been watching TFL Truck and TFL Off-Road for any length of time, um, you know that, Stephen, you know, you, you we used to work together very closely. Uh, and, you know, you basically, you know, helped us launch our TFL Off-Road channel. Yes, uh, that was my baby. That was that was amazing. So. And now, I mean, you have your own gig, right? Um, you're doing Truck King um, out of, well, basically you're you're in Ontario, right? Near Toronto in a way? Yes, so we do all our testing, uh, you know, north of Toronto. And as you know, my dad, Howard Elmer, also an auto journalist, he's been running the Canadian Trucking Challenge and Truck King for a long time now. And so as, as sad as I was to leave you guys, you know, I, I was happy to come home and, and now I just work with dad and we just, we test trucks just like I was before, right? If you saw my videos on TFL, well, then you know what trucking's all about too. Testing trucks the way trucks should be tested. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of like, you know, what we do. We like we like actually getting our hands dirty, you know, actually testing trucks, uh, exactly. off-road or towing or anything in between. But I haven't talked to you in a few months. Uh, so t- you, can you t- tell me a quick update? Like what's going on, dude? And um, how's it going? And oh, how's Big Green, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Big Green's okay. Uh, I have had a couple issues with it lately. But first, let me say, I'm not sure if you caught this. Um, we had the Ram TRX, and we took it out on our off-road trails, and it was really snowy that day. And as you know, the Ram TRX is so heavy. So we were trying to get up this one hill, and the TRX would not make it up the hill. Nothing I could do would get that truck up there. And then I was like, you know what? I bet Big Green can do this. So Big Green came out of the barn. And it would have been sleeping all winter, but it started right up and uh, it took on the hill and it made it. So it, it embarrassed the TRX. That was, oh my big, goodness. Big, that was Big Green's uh, finest moment, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now I actually saw, I just took it out of the barn about a week ago. Like I said, it was there all winter. And I, I think I just got a bad battery. Honestly, the, the post on the battery had actually backed out a little bit. So the battery post was loose. Uh-huh. Um, so I tightened that up. I thought that would fix the issue. But then the truck died on me again. I put a charger on it. It threw a fault code. So I think I just got a bad battery. But well, besides that, the, the truck's great, man. I love that truck. And so, I, I, I can't believe it hasn't broken yet. Honestly, the way I've been driving it off-road, I'm so impressed that like the axles are still good and the drive shaft's still good. I can't believe nothing snapped. Yeah, so basically, if you don't know, uh, Big Green is a, like a 1985 uh, K10 Chevy uh, right. truck. It's basically a two-door, uh, four-wheel drive, older Chevy truck. And we originally had it as a project here in Colorado. Um, and then we swapped an engine thanks to Chevy performance, right? 
yep. we, we put a, a ZZ6, I believe, uh, V8 in there, replaced the old uh, 305 that was in there. And then, um, and then you kind of, you know, fell in love with it too. It's a great truck, man. And honestly, the beauty of it is it has a four inch lift and 35 inch tires. And like with those two modifications, it's an off-road animal. It doesn't even have lockers, but honestly, that hasn't slowed me down yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's good to know that, you know, Big Green is in good hands. You know, you have, you know, you have the truck <laughs> and, and you're still, you know, teaching a TRX a lesson or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I said, obviously, you can't compare those trucks and the TRX is way better in a lot of ways, but sometimes old and simple and lightweight, man, sometimes that's the way to go. Yeah, so um, I, I also want to ask you about your annual truck challenge, but I also want to kind of start the discussion on uh, kind of one of the topics we have for this episode is, sure. Uh, I mean, you do a lot of testing, right? Uh, we do a lot of truck testing. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your perspective on this, you know, what's the best truck in North America? And specifically, uh, looking at like the midsize segment, you know, the smaller segment, and mm -hmm. also the full size half ton segment, and looking at the two leaders, right, the F-150 and the Tacoma. And, and what's interesting is they're leaders by a long shot, right? And they've both been the leaders for a while now, especially F-150, right? Ford always tells you that. Um, and so, yeah, it's certainly interesting, an interesting question to ask, Andre, because we test a lot of trucks. We obviously have a ton of opinions on trucks, but our opinions don't always line up with what the sales numbers tell us, right? Which is what people are actually buying. So that's why it's an interesting discussion to have is why are those the best-selling trucks around? Yeah, totally. And, and so... So I guess, um, and so tell me about the Truck King Challenge, because over the years, and then you, you dad, you know, had that uh, event for many years, right? Yeah, so trucking, the Canadian Trucking Challenge uh, started in 2007. The first challenge was actually 2006, but 2007 model year. And, and like I said earlier, just like you guys do at TFL, the idea has always been put trailers behind the trucks, put payload in the trucks, and do it all on the same day uh, with the same drivers, same event. And we bring in multiple judges and then the judges score the trucks. And uh, we always come up with, you know, the Canadian truck king. That's mm -hmm. why the name of the channel is truck king. People always think that I'm calling myself the truck king. <laughs> I promise I'm not that conceited. The idea behind it was we are trying to find the truck king every single year. Um, so this fall, we're doing it again. We're going to gather up all the brand new trucks and we're going to put them head to head at our test site um, with towing and payload and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, we want TFL to come join. I'm hoping one of you guys can come out and we can get these videos on TFL and on Truck King and really show off these trucks, you know? Well, thanks, dude. I would love to be there. Uh, I know we couldn't do it, you know, last year because of COVID, uh, obviously, but yeah, it's and, and this year it might be tough too. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're already going to have to wait and see, but hopefully it comes together. Yeah, but but you're talking about like fall time frame, right? Exactly. Yeah, late September, early October. Yeah, I would love to be there. Um, and, you know, thank you for the invite. And uh, as long as, you know, the travel is okay, you know, I, I'm going to be on the plane and going down there. 
Yeah, Andre, um, and, I, I, I really want you to go on my off-road trails. <laughs> I've had the chance to come to Colorado and go on your guys' trails, and now I, I really want you to come and run the Hydro Line. You've seen it a hundred times in, in, on YouTube, right? But I want yeah. you to come see it for real. I would love that, dude, especially if it's like raining or snowing and it's well, really the, hard. No, the best part of the experience is the bugs. Don't forget about the bugs. <laughs> they'll, they'll carry you away if you're not careful. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, anyway, yeah, that's going to be cool. I hope we can make it work logistically, but that's going to yeah, be amazing. Um, so, yeah, let's kind of look at yeah, the uh, halftime segment. Um, look at the... So, in front of me, I have United States kind of sales numbers, right? Okay. Um, and then um, and let's focus on the halftons, the F-150, of course, the F-Series, the Ram, the Chevy, the, of course, GMC, Toyota Tundra, and the Nissan Titan. Um, and, and especially in the United States, and you have some Canadian numbers, right? Yeah. Um, in the United States, an interesting thing has been happening, right? So first of all, uh, the top two have been kind of General Motors and Ford. And when I say General Motors, it's Chevy and GMC, yeah. right? So combined. And for a couple of months or quarters, uh, GMC combined, if you look at them, GMC and Chevy combined um, outsold Ford, you know, by a few, by a few, you know, hundreds of thousands of trucks, you know, here and there. Yeah. Um, the latest numbers, uh, Ford is kind of back on top right now, as if I look at the first quarter of 2021, um, in, the, in the first quarter, Ford F-Series sold about 203,000 trucks, and GM combined sold about 189,000. So they're within, what, 15,000. Yeah. So it's kind of close, you know, it used to be kind of a huge gap. True. But now it's much closer. Ram is close behind too, uh, 148,000 approximately. Um, and then of course you have the Toyota and the Nissan, um, you know, they're not selling in great numbers, uh, but actually in the first quarter, a lot of them grew, um, actually improved. Well, that's, that seems to be truck sales in general, right? And I think the pandemic's playing a role in that, but that's a whole different <laughs> topic. Yeah, but, but it's interesting how it's getting closer and closer than ever. Absolutely. And I mean, the question then becomes, is anyone going to catch Ford? And, and my, my gut feeling on the F-150, and I think this might be obvious, but Ford has never been scared to innovate. And I, and I think that's what keeps them ahead. You know, if you look at the aluminum body, that's one of the biggest things they've done in a while, I think. And that was a big deal. Not a lot of companies will take those risks. And I think Ford has always been willing to do that. Um, which is one of the reasons I think keeps them ahead. And then the other, I mean, I don't know, brand loyalty is obviously so huge in trucks, but I, I, how you build brand loyalty and how you break it is, mm -hmm. is such a tough thing. But obviously that's happening. And the question is, are Ford people leaving to go to the other brands? Because if, you know, Ford is, is, that gap is closing, that's sort of what that suggests, right? Yeah, and I think... So I would agree with you. First of all, you know, mm -hmm. brand loyalty is huge. Mm -hmm. um, and most recently, you know, Ford, once again, is kind of pushing the kind of the envelope. And I think you recently tested the hybrid, right? Yeah. So I just got out of a Lariat Power Boost and okay. I struggled to find bad things to say about that truck, man. I got to tell you, it's, it's impressive. My biggest, my biggest knock against it was maybe it's too complicated. Maybe it's got too many features, which yeah. is like, obviously kind of, you know, at that point you're searching for things, to bad things to say. Yeah. And maybe my second complaint about the hybrid would be the price. 
right? I Fair. Mean, Our truck was very expensive too. And it was just a Lariat. And here in Canada, it was like $86,000. It had like $20,000 worth of options on it. It was, yeah. it was wild. So, so no yeah, doubt I mean, about um, that. It's expensive, but yeah, just, you know, the actual tech that's in play. Um, and, and again, the, the, just the clever features, right? Like the spotlights to me, that's a big deal that you can pull up at night and then put on those zone spotlights to a specific area mm-hmm. like that right there saves you from, I don't know, finding a flashlight in your, in your glove box or whatever. So it's those little things I think Ford is also really in tune with. And I think that those make a, like I said, they'll make a big difference. Yeah. And, and so to a couple more observations about some of the top sellers, right? So Ford, mm-hmm. GM and Ram, they offer, you know, a mind-boggling array of like different trim levels, options. Absolutely. Power powertrains, especially Ford. Um, especially yeah, Ram probably has the, f- the fewest. Probably Ram has the fewest engines, probably in the half ton. Yeah, yeah. I I think. I mean, GM is trying to simplify it. I think. <laughs> That's true. GM just cut some engines too because that was a little uh, for confusing. 2022. I think they're kind of trying to simplify it a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, Ford still has like six options, I think, which is like the most. Yeah, there's like you said, so many combinations of yeah, engine, and the hybrid length and and the hybrid is interesting, right? Because and we've been talking about this at TFL Truck kind of internally too. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the hybrid, um, you know, people traditional truck buyers are still kind of gravitating towards a V8, right? They always say, you know, I love the sound, I love this and that, I love the torque, um, but the hybrid, especially the EcoBoost trucks and also the PowerBoost, right? You got huge power, right? You've got efficiency, and now you have like generator capability, right? Yeah. So that's hard to the, beat. The generator is brilliant. That was another idea that I looked at it and said, why has no one done this yet? Like someone should have been doing this a long time ago. Every single engine and every car out there is a generator. Why aren't we taking advantage, right? So again, kudos to Ford. And I think sometimes it's not necessarily about, you know, the best, uh, I don't know, the strongest steel, let's say, sometimes it's about the best idea, right? It's not about the real product you put out or the, the physicality of it. It's just about smart thinking. And I think Ford has that in spades. Yeah. And of course, I mean, GM, let's talk about them for a little, a little bit. Um, they um, are also, you know, you know, they innovate quite a lot. I mean, they have a lot of different features, a lot of different powertrains. They have a really good straight six diesel, right? That's the diesel, very... I, yeah. You, you got to go to the diesel right away. That diesel is very impressive. But yeah. the, the V8s, I mean, they've been around for a little while now. The 6.2 is good. The 5.3 is pretty good. It feels a little old, though, no? Yeah, and I mean, with the 10 speeds, so it's interesting. So Ford kind of went all 10 speed all the time, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then GM is still doing kind of this piecemeal, right, where you can get an eight speed, you can get a 10 speed automatic, you know, you, you might have to get a six speed, yeah, that type of yeah, stuff, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Uh, and, and also GM so far, and they've kind of been pushing this envelope a little bit, like with the GMC 84, right? The mm-hmm. off-road packages, mm-hmm. but they don't quite have that top dog package, right? No. And, and how long have we been talking about that ZRX? I was still at TFL, right? When I went to the mint 400, and they took me out in the truck and so far that's nowhere to be seen right i think they're spending all their money on hummers and electric silverados yeah that's the latest news right and and you know the hummer electric truck and suv are coming out the truck should be out this year they said um and and the suv is still two years away at least yeah yeah um 
So that might be their kind of Ford Raptor slash Ram TRX fighter, but it's kind of a different take on it, right? I mean, totally different kind of take. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you guys, you know, are intimately familiar with the Raptor. And I, I truly believe that the Raptor has sold a ton of F-150s, right? How many people go to the dealership thinking maybe I'll get a Raptor and they leave with a different F-150 FX4 with some stuff on it. So I think that, yeah, maybe that's part of the hole that GM should have filled a while ago. And for some reason, they just, they haven't. Because having that Halo truck, like the TRX, man, TRX, like that's the hottest truck around right now, right? And yeah. I just, I have to believe that the, the TRX will just boost you know, Ram brand sales overall. I think it's a, a smart move to go that way with the Halo truck. Yeah, totally. I was talking to some local uh, dealerships uh, that, you know, sometimes, you know, we purchase some of our trucks from, uh, from for long-term tests. And they were like, yeah, totally. The TRX is increasing traffic, you know, at, at the um, dealership, basically. People are all coming in. Nice. Uh, and some of them are buying, obviously, you know. Sure. Some people can afford the Raptor or a TRX and a truck yeah. like that. Of course. Um, and they're Ford happy to sells, sell you one at a hundred grand. And Ford sells <laughs> a lot of Raptors too. <laughs> a lot of Raptors. Yeah. So um, are you kind of seeing the same thing in Canada? I mean, is like is the positioning of trucks, the popularity is the is it similar? Yeah, it's very similar. The one funny thing with Canada, we've talked about this before, the one sort of thing that always sticks out, we sell way more Sierras than you guys do. So mm. Silverado and Sierra is basically 50-50 in Canada, whereas mm. in the States, it's usually like 80-20 or 70-30 kind of thing. Um, you guys love your Chevrolets, whereas we, for some reason, gravitate towards the GMCs. However, overall, uh, this is 2020 sales I'm talking. Ford was number one. Ram came in at number two. But if you combine Silverado and Sierra, they were a little bit over 100,000, mm -hmm. um, whereas Ram only sold 83,000 units and F-Series did 128,000 units. Okay. So Ford is still firmly in the front, even when you combine uh, Silverado and Sierra for 2020 anyways in Canada. Yeah. So I, I guess, I mean, for those reasons, um, I, like you said, your data, even in Canada, the race is closing in right? I yeah, mean, absolutely. Those numbers are not that far apart. Absolutely. Yeah. So the race is closing in. So all the trucks are improving. They're getting more efficient. It's just that well, maybe Ford still has a little bit more loyalty from the past, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe they have a little bit fewer, more options and some cool features too. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's, that's what I think gets people. There's some of those features where it's really unique and, you know, it's enough to draw you into the brand. Um, and then this is a funny one too, but there, I really think there's something to be said for the fact that the best selling truck has a tendency to be the best selling truck. If you know what I mean? Like the fact that it's the best selling is, is a selling feature to other people. Cause they think, well, it's the best selling. It must be good. And I'm not saying it's not, but I, I do believe that plays a, a role in it as well. Yeah, totally. I, I would agree because it's like you're rolling this uh, ball down the hill, right? Mm -hmm. It picks up momentum, right? And, and it, and, you know, the more successful you become, the easier maybe to be more successful, right? Well, exactly. And, and the more years Ford gets to boast, right? 49, 50, 51, every year they get to do more and more years. It sounds more and more impressive. So, yeah. Well, but we have to put a check on this, right? You know, when they say, you know, we're the best for 44 years or whatever it may be, um, we have to look at all the numbers, not just, you know, F-150 versus Silverado 1500, right? You're you know, right. We, if you combine we, the, the GMs, there's been some years where GM takes it, right? Yeah. So we have to be, it's, it depends on how you slice this pie. Yeah. Yeah. And people can argue about that for a long time. 
Yeah, but let's talk about uh, before we go to the midsizers. Um, mm -hmm. Let's talk about the Tundra and the, and the Titan. Well, yeah, I actually wanted to talk about the Titan because you probably know this. It's out of Canada. We have no more Titan in Canada. Oh no! Yeah, they they got rid of it entirely in 2020. They sold 1,217 Titans in Canada. In the One year. In the whole year, 1,200 Titans as compared to Ford's 128,000. So when you hear those numbers, like it's just, yeah, it's obvious, right? They had to pull it and it's a shame, right? The Titan's a good truck, right? I have no, no hate for the Titan. Um, I just think, yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't do anything special. I guess that was it. It didn't do anything that the other trucks couldn't do. And the other trucks have American badges on the hood. And I think that means a lot to people. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I because I they discontinued the diesel in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So they they had the Titan XD uh, diesel with a five liter, uh, the Cummins the V8, um, and that engine is gone. So they kind of simplified a little bit more. Um, they actually grew sales in Q1. Nice. Um, in in the U.S., um, they improved by about thirty percent. So they did struggle last year. Last year was kind of a struggle. Yeah. Um, and then they're improving, but they're still kind of in the last place. Um, and I think what's missing for the Titan, maybe, well, a couple things, right? We talked about powertrain options. Yeah. Right now in the US, there's only one. Yeah. That's the V8 gas engine. Uh, I'm sure they can expand on that if, the, you know, if there is, you know, budget and focus on that. I, I always remember on the first launch, I asked about a V6 and they said, oh, yeah, there's a V6 coming. So I'm they, sure they... I'm sure they talked about it. I'm sure there's plans somewhere for it, but they ran out of money, I'm sure too. Well, yeah, but they said that two and a half years ago. <laughs> oh, for sure, right? The point is, if the demand was there, I'm sure they could do it, right? But yeah, yeah no, if, if people aren't buying Titans, then you know it's hard for them to expand it. And they also have a new V6, right? It's coming to the Frontier. Exactly. And I hope Frontier is also coming to Canada. I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. It is yeah. the brand new Frontier is. You know what's interesting? I just found out though, a bit of a side note. Um, the 2021 Frontier, I think it was 21, which was the old body new engine. Yeah. That combo never came to Canada. Really? We just did an, we did an interview with the Nissan engineer and yeah, they decided not to send it here, I guess, just because it was easier than having to do the certification for a whole new vehicle just to sell it for one year. So that truck actually never came here. So I still haven't been in it. So I haven't been, I haven't driven that new uh, powertrain yet. So I'm excited for that truck. Okay, yeah, yeah, and that should be coming this summer, so that should be uh, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, of course, the Tundra. So the Tundra. Yeah, we got off base there. The, sorry. <laughs> at least in the U.S., the Tundra is almost well at about twenty thousand, just under twenty thousand in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, so not nowhere near the top three, but also it's about almost tripling or maybe doubling a little bit more than doubling that what Titan sells. Hmm. Uh, but uh, the Tundra is old. <laughs> Tundra is an interesting story too, right? First of all, we'll start by saying there's a new one coming, right? 2022, yes. I believe it's supposed to be. Yeah. So that's exciting to have a new Tundra um, because it's very old. <laughs> and, and what I think the Tundra has going for it, and we'll get to this more on the Tacoma as well, but I like to say it's the double R's, resale and reliability. Those two things for Toyotas, you know, it's hard to argue with it. Well, maybe you could argue the reliability. That's a whole different story. But everyone says that they're bulletproof and, and the resale value, you can't argue with that. Tundra is usually, you know, number two or three behind Tacoma and Forerunner, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Absolutely. So 
it's an interesting thing that Toyota hasn't really teased it yet, like the next Tundra, right? Yeah, um, we haven't heard seen, a lot. We've seen countless prototypes, uh, even videos and uh, images and different camouflage and all this stuff. And the rumor is we did actually a podcast a little bit ago. Um, I did one with um, David Chow, who is kind of an insider industry expert um, on a lot of things, Toyota and Honda. Um, and he's estimating that the next Tundra uh, will be shown probably in May or June and actually go on sale in the U.S. probably by November or December. Hmm, interesting. So that's, that's like the current estimation. Uh, but that's I think actually we have a Tundra in the fleet right now this week. Nice. Um, so we have a Tundra, it's a 2021 Nightshade. You know, Nightshade is the latest um, kind of a dark appearance package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and I was just driving it. I tested it against the Ford F-150. Uh, actually, the truck I bought. Nice. <laughs> I, I recently bought an F-150 um, just for a personal uh, use. Um, and then um, we tested against that. And we also compared it to, you know, with towing. Yeah. And, you know, it's a solid truck, but, and I hate to say this, it seems like it was really, really great, you know, a year or two ago, but sure. now the new players are here, right? You have yeah. the latest powertrains and the latest, you know, efficiency from the other trucks. Yeah. And the way really we, it's old. yeah, we, we recently did a Tundra trail edition uh, on the channel, uh, which is just an, based on an SR5, right? So it's one of the more basic trims. And the way my dad actually spun it, I thought was smart. He basically said the Tundra now is so old that you could almost call it the alternative to the other trucks because all the other trucks are full of amazing features, right? The cameras and the, everything is incredible. But the Tundra, if you really do want that simple, you know, yeah, simple truck, you don't want all those features, the Tundra is the way to go. Now, again, I, I it's not the best half ton truck out there because those features are so useful in all the other trucks. Plus the powertrains are so efficient and you know, the Tundra eats you out of house and home at the gas station. Um, but there's something to be said, I think for, I mean, yeah, just how solid that truck is. And uh, again, people love Toyotas. Toyota has that reputation. So they fall back on it. And also we talked about price. Uh, I think Toyota has kind of a, focus on pricing and value yeah right and i think with the older tundra the tundra they're making now that you know they have all the kind of the tooling already kind of there and done for um the truck we tested was a limited nightshade at about fifty-three thousand. Mm -hmm. whereas like a lariat f-150 which is also a mid-grade would be yeah. 60 or more right for sure so sure. the Tundra, I think the reason why they're still selling well is because the value is kind of there. Um, yeah, and, and again, it's a good V8. It's a strong package, but those are the big things. It has none of the upgraded tech and the powertrain is really thirsty, right? So you got to be able to put up with that. So I'm excited yeah. for the new one. <laughs> totally, dude. I, I would love to learn anything. Just show me like a grill. <laughs> I know, I know. My big thing is, you know, is it going to be hybrid? Is it going to be twin turbo V6, twin turbo V6 hybrid, diesel? I don't think it'll be diesel. I, I'm thinking it'll be a hybrid. That's my guess. Yeah. And I'm, unfortunately, I think the V8 is kind of done for. In, I in believe that. Yeah, I, I believe that. Um, I mean, I'll be surprised if it's not, but, you know, they could surprise us. Yeah. Uh, 
with maybe a special, you know, Tundra plus plus or whatever. <laughs> Tundra Pro, R. Pro plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but, uh, I don't see it. No, but I think, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Tundra plays into it because, you know, because the top three are so tight, if the Tundra gains sales, it'll probably take away from some of the others, you know? Yeah, that's a great question too, is when the new Tundra comes, where do those sales, you know, eat out of? <laughs> yeah, totally. Take so a let's switch gears a little bit um, to midsize, right? Sure. Um, and talk about what's happening there. And no surprise, uh, Tacoma Toyota's. is number one. <laughs> Tacoma, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Q1 numbers uh, right here. And they sold about 66,500 in the first quarter of 2021 in the US. The second place truck was the Ranger, actually, Ford Ranger, uh, at 24,000. So almost two and a half times, maybe almost three times as many trucks. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. Tacoma has a big, big lead. Although, you know what? I think give kudos to the Ford Ranger for, you know, coming back into the segment and jumping right into second place as well. You know? Yeah, and at least in the U.S., um, the Colorado, Chevy Colorado and Ford Ranger are neck and neck. They're within like 65 trucks from each other, so they wow. might as well be tied. Um, of course, the Colorado is a little, little bit older design, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, the Colorado came out in 2015-ish uh, model year, uh, the current one. And of course, they've done yeah. several different engines and updates. Um, but the Ranger kind of came in with this four-cylinder turbo, right? 10-speed uh, automatic and actually was able to climb up. Um, and actually, like you said, at least in the U.S., um, grab that spot. How was it doing last year in Canada? Do you have some numbers? Yeah, same same story in Canada. So I have the 2020 numbers for Canada, um, and Ranger did 14,376 trucks. Um, oh, sorry, I that was wrong. Tacoma did 14,376 trucks, and okay. then Ranger came in second at 10,000 trucks. Hmm. Um, and then in third, as well as the Colorado, but the Colorado only did 6,600. So the, oh. the split between the trucks is actually a little bit bigger in Canada as well. But the top two are closer. Yeah, the top two are also closer, 10,000 Rangers and 14,000 Tacomas. So yeah, okay. not, not too far off. And obviously the Ranger benefited from just being the new truck on the block, right? It was new and there was probably pent up demand. So we'll have to wait and see if that you know, stays the same, but it was still good for them. Yeah, totally. And of course, uh, you know, a lot of people will say, well, the Ranger is kind of a combination of old and new, right? <laughs> Because it has. I was going to say that too. It, it was it an old truck when they brought it over from uh, you know Europe, right? And then they called it new. <laughs> well, yeah. Granted, you know, granted they did a lot. I mean, they have a new engine for North America. They the did a lot of other great. work, a lot of tech that they put into it, right? Totally. But the interior does not look that much newer than the Colorado and Canyon. No, absolutely. No. It, not. it I, I like the way that truck drives, but yeah, that's the one knock against it. Is the interior felt old when it was new. Yeah, and we'll dig into this a little bit more, but let's, so next in the US is the Jeep Gladiator. Um, that is actually selling pretty strongly um, at about 18,000. So it's just behind the top three. And then the Honda Ridgeline, dude, in Q1, you know, the, the, the new 2021 Ridgeline came out. Yeah. It, it was, it's a kind of a refresh, uh, redesign. It went up in the US 55% versus the first quarter of last year. 
and they sold over 12,000 trucks. (laughs) Wow, man. So I actually just took a look at that new Ridgeline for the first time. I just got my hands on it. And I mean, as you guys know, right, they didn't do very much to the inside or the way it drives, but the way it looks is dramatically different. And that matters. So, you know, it looks like a tough little truck now. It doesn't look like a pilot anymore. Yeah, I think it's still, they still could have gone more aggressive. You know, there's there's still room for them to make it more square. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. They, <laughs> but, yeah, they made, the, they made the angles sharp, but their body's yeah. still rounded. But yeah, it costs no, more anyway. to change those body panels. <laughs> but that was surprising. They sold really well this quarter, this last quarter. And they also mm-hmm. outsold the Frontier for the first time mm-hmm. in, in many years that I can remember. Uh, Frontier yeah. dropped quite quite significantly to ten thousand trucks sold, approximately. Yeah. But and then anybody then looking at a Frontier last. right now, yeah, anybody looking at a Frontier must know that right a new one's coming. So you got to expect that that would drop, right? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. So so let's dig in a little bit more into what's happening here because this is going to be a hot segment, or it sure. is already hot, but it's going to get hotter. <laughs> Well, let me throw out one point real quick, Andre. Um, Canadian sales down the lineup are all the same. However, the Canyon, once again, we love our GMCs. The Canyon actually outsold the Gladiator and the Frontier in 2020 in Canada. So, yeah, Canyons, like I said, we love our GMCs in Canada. Okay, well, maybe when I'm there in September or October, I'll, I'll ask you guys, what is it about <laughs> the GMC? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know. I think, I think Canadians think it's, it stands for GM Canada. <laughs> well it could but, but also, yeah it makes sense you know personally i kind of prefer gmc styling too me I, too I, I i agree with you yeah i love the style especially if you look like the 84 canyon or the 84 sierra yeah my goodness so here's an interesting point um in the united states you guys have a lot of standalone chevrolet dealers we don't have those in Canada. Almost all of our Chevy dealers are Chevy, GMC, Cadillac. They have all the brands. Mm. So maybe that's it. When you go to a Chevy dealer in the States, you only see the Silverado. But in Canada, you see them sitting side by side and they say, oh, I think the GMC looks nicer. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting yeah, point. I don't know. It's, I, I, it's, I it's think we be. have a mixture of both, kind of. You know, we have standalone Chevy stores, but also some combos. But, mm. but yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. That if you if given a choice on styling, maybe more people gravitate towards towards the GMC. Yeah. That Plus Chevrolet, that's the classic American brand, right? Chev- Chevrolet, apple pie, and, and baseball, right? So I think you guys just tend to buy the Chevys more because of that too. Yeah. But so what's the best midsizer? So I have a, <laughs> a, a small point of view here. Okay. Um, I recently drove the uh, Ranger Tremor. And okay. I was super impressed. Um, nice. So, so I have one coming in two weeks. I can't wait. Oh, that's cool, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to see. I mean, hopefully, you can get it to Hydroline. I don't know if it's that's still the in. plan. Oh no, buddy, it's it's muddy and water by now. All 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 mud all the time. <laughs> you might have to call them and see if they have a snorkel or something. <laughs> but uh, Sorry, no, go on. but. So here's the thing with the Ranger Tremor specifically, because the Ranger FX4 is there, right? And it was okay, but I was never like blown away by it, you know? Yeah. It, w- it was a good solid truck. Um, the FX4 package is pretty good because it offers you also kind of the crawl control system, some technology, some capability, but it kind of the tires were not very aggressive, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, it was never like, it never actually blew me away. But then this Tremor version, which is the most off-road worthy Ranger right now in North America. Yeah. Uh, or at least in uh, Canada and US. Uh, they True. gave it a lift. They gave it more aggressive tires. Uh, suspension is tuned quite nicely, I thought. And when I compared it against the Tacoma, we had a Tacoma also. There, we had a Tacoma, we had a Gladiator truck, and I recently drove a Colorado. And I would go for that Ranger because it seemed... So the tech was the latest. It seemed like it had the latest tech. Mm -hmm. The capability was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, with those new tires that they put on there. Yeah, um, it's a strong it, powertrain. I like the EcoBoost in the Ranger. It's strong. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, what do you think about Tacoma? I think it's almost aging, you know? It's, so he, it's, yeah, man, I, I definitely struggle with the midsize segment with Tacoma, you know, owning it because Tacoma, in my eyes, like I've kind of been talking about, it doesn't do anything better than other trucks. It doesn't have the most horsepower. It doesn't tow the most. The payload, man, we had a Tacoma Trail Edition. It had 990 pounds of payload. That's, no you know, it was, yeah, I don't know what's up with Toyota. We also had a Tundra, which had 1,200 pounds, which mm -hmm. is, is okay, but I don't know. It was feeling a little low too. So I don't know. Tacoma for me, like I said, and then for me personally, and I've taken flack for this, but I cannot stand the seating position in the Tacoma. Mm -hmm. I still think, you know, your knees are a little too high up and you end up looking out the top of the windshield. And I, I don't know. I know I'm a big dude. So obviously if you're a shorter and smaller guy than me, it might not be a factor. Um, so all of that plays into it. And then, you know, the back seat too, I got little babies now. So every truck I'm evaluating the back seat really matters. Mm -hmm. And the back seat in the Tacoma is also one of the, the tighter ones. So I just, I can't really get behind that truck. And then the powertrain, Andre, that three and a half liter V6, it's not great, man. Even when they came out with it, it just never feels that strong and you really have to wind it out. Um, I guess now I sound like I'm really hating on the Tacoma. Well, so I'll, I'll try yeah, to flip it. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on. No, but it's 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 real testing, right? Yeah, it's one thing. absolutely. Every it's, other V6 in the segment feels better, honestly. It just feels stronger off the line. doesn't have that mid-range dip that the Taco does. And, and I think, it, I mean, it may be the pairing between the transmission and the engine, too. Yeah. Well, so it's also it the not... Auto Atkinson engine, right, that switches between the two different cycles. I think yeah. that might play a role, too. Yeah. And... So I don't know. I mean, if they can, can, if they plan to continue with this engine, which they might, right? Because it's an engine that's been around for at least what three, four years now, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, and Toyota is very careful. You know, they don't like to redesign things very often, right? No. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Maybe they can put a different transmission behind it. Yeah. You know, some something else. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I mean, on that point, let's let's give Toyota full credit for offering the manual and offering the manual with the TRD Pro. That's the yeah. way to go, right? Offer the manual with your coolest yeah. off-road truck. Total, you know, huge points to them. Um, but I guess here's the point, man. We can talk about what the new engine should be, but does it matter? Because Tacoma is outselling everybody else. So if I'm Toyota, why do I really care, right? Because we're, we're the, we have the best-selling truck. So at the end of the day, I guess the points I want to make about Tacoma are are I think resale and reliability, man, and especially reliability. Everyone talks about Toyota reliability. Um, I actually go back to that episode of Top Gear. If you watch that one where they tried to kill the Toyota pickup, I think yeah. that episode alone created the myth 
right? And then it just ran from there. And again, I'm not calling Toyota reliability a myth. I think there's a lot of real factual evidence to support the fact that Toyotas are more reliable. Yeah. However, we also can't pretend Toyotas are perfect, right? Tacomas had rotting frames that they had to replace like that, that happened. Um, But then the resale value, right? And, and, And the resale value on Tacoma is always number one. And that is, you know, just as a pragmatic person, if I'm going to spend my money today, I'd like it to be worth more down the road. So I, I do totally understand that too. Um, but I think my, my heart struggles with it, Andre, because if I was buying a midsize truck, I, I couldn't go for a Tacoma. I just, I couldn't, couldn't live with myself and I would be uncomfortable. So why would I? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, hmm. So my, my midsize segment well, I think you know what I think about the full-size segment. I decided to purchase an F-150. Yeah. And also to, not just for personal use, but also to actually test the hybrid in a long-term way. Mm-hmm. You know, actually totally. live with it and make sure I understand it. Um, that was my reasoning there. And I like technology. So mm-hmm. in the mid-size segment, I'm really hung up, I think, right now uh, between the Gladiator and the Ranger. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm, I'm at. Um, if I spend my own money, uh, which yeah. truck I might get. But I think that Tremor truck kind of pushed me over a little bit. Um, nice. Because the Gladiator can be expensive. I mean, it can. If you're buying a Rubicon with all the options, it could be uh, very expensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, if I had to pick something, it's funny. I was thinking about this too. And, and this is, it's, it's trickier because the frontier is coming and I haven't been in a Ranger tremor. That truck alone might sway me, but for now, as I sit today, I think I'd take a gladiator. I, I, I think the gladiator has one of the nicer interiors in the segment, actually. Um, obviously it's off-road cred is incredible. And, uh, I, I think, you know, being, being a Jeep, it's also a good truck that you could buy a sport or a sport S get a manual and then build it up from there and still have a super capable package and try to save a few bucks. You are correct that it's kind of expensive either way, but, uh, yeah. in the segment right now, as it sits, I, I like that gladiator, man. Yeah. The only gladiator that I almost, you know, didn't let go, uh, was actually a base model S, you know, gladiator S. Um, it's still a crew cab, of course, four-wheel drive, right? All of them yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it had a manual. Nice. And that's, yeah, that's, and that's cool. the only truck that I almost didn't let go. It was yeah, good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah then I, I like that truck right now. I, I, we were in a ZR2 again recently. And I mean, ZR2 is still a great truck. Um, you know, same thing. The interior, sure, it feels a little old now. You can knock it. But that V6, I don't really have issues with it. And the suspension is still great in that truck. I'm, I'm a big fan of that ZR2 still too. I, f- I feel like in the midsize segment, off-road wise, that's still probably what I would take. However, again, I know I've said this, I haven't been in the Tremor yet, so we'll see. So when I was saying, you know, the segment is going to get hotter, uh, what really, um, what I meant was, you know, there's a information, kind of a rumor still that the Ranger is being redesigned probably within a year. Well, yeah, I mean, don't we know that Volkswagen and Ford are teaming up on their next-gen midsizers? So that's going to be the rebirth of the Ranger and under that partnership. Yeah, like a, like a basically updated chassis, everything. Cool, everything yeah, that, as it should be, man. That's exciting. Yeah, so that's coming, right? Uh, GM said that they're going to be redesigning the Colorado and Canyon um, with 2023 model year, too. You know, yeah. So within maybe a year and a half. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a full redesign, not just a, like a new headlight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Gladiator is still there. They, they have some options coming, right? Ridgeline just got a refresh. Yeah. Frontier, all new, basically, yeah. is coming. Yeah, right? Frontier, I can't wait to drive that, man. That's exciting. So there is a lot of pressure in the Tacoma. We don't even know what Toyota is planning, but the rumors are within two years, they might redesign it somehow. But uh, I don't know if they can maintain that big gap, you know, going forward. Right. Yeah. I mean, it certainly feels like they have more pressure than ever. Um, But I don't know, man. It's like, just like with Ford, I hate to repeat myself again, but because they've been best selling for so long, they have that strong reputation and and you know there's a strong tacoma following you know i don't know if you've ever been to british columbia but if you ever go out to bc the amount of tacomas out there you know there's some areas and i'm sure it's probably the same in northwestern united states all over the united states what am i talking about but you know there's just there's such strong followings for tacomas that i've seen in in these certain pockets where it's like no you live here you drive a tacoma that's the way it is (laughs) yeah and also like when i used when obviously when we had events uh, when yeah. I would go to like an Overland show, it's yeah. Tacoma, 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 right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, and pil- those guys pil- really care about not breaking down, right? So that's yeah. why I think they gravitate towards Tacomas. Yeah, and it's, you know, they have different accessories, different options, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but once again, you know, others are coming. Um, yeah. uh, before we leave for this episode, I wanted to ask you about this new segment that's coming out. Sure. And uh, I know we didn't talk about heavy duty trucks. I think that's kind of a different show. Yeah, totally. And well, the sales are weird with HDs, right? Because they're usually rolled in with the half tons, right? So it's harder to dissect the sales anyways. Yeah, because we like GM separates them out in the US, but oh, like Ram and Ford don't. Oh, uh, yeah. They, so really, you can't. they don't separate them. And so that's kind of a whole different story. And yeah, we, maybe we can do another show about that. But I wanted to ask you about this compact trucks thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting, uh, man. Yeah. So right now we have news that Hyundai Santa Cruz is coming. Yeah. Right? They actually unveiled uh, official renderings and images. Um, and they're calling it 2022, available this summer sometime. Um, and it's a whole new segment, which is kind of a little bit below where the ridgeline is, right? Yeah. So the ridgeline is kind of a unibody slash subframe crossover truck. Um, and then um, the Santa Cruz and maybe even now the Ford Maverick, right, are, are coming. Uh, first of all, two questions, Stephen. Sure. Sure. You call them trucks. <laughs> That's. Uh, I'll take the second one first. Go for it. <laughs> and or do you call them pickups? Or the second question. Um, uh, you know, what do you think? Is this is this cool? Is this going to sell or not? Okay, so. First answer, yes, I'm, I'm in the, the camp that if it has a bed, it's a truck, regardless of the frame. <laughs> I agree. So I call a Ridgeline a truck. If it's got a bed, it's a truck. That's the utility of a pickup truck. Um, the debate over whether it has a frame or not, uh, we can go down that for a while. But that's how I feel about it. Number two, um, I think, first of all, I mean, we have to, again, recognize that Ford, the biggest player in pickup trucks, has identified this as a smart way to go. And just, just, you know, based on that information, I have to assume that they think there's a market here. Now, we also know Ford is going hard on trucks, right? They announced no more cars, all trucks. So with that announcement, it actually makes sense that you would then sell small trucks, 
because mm-hmm. you used to have small cars, now you have small trucks. Um, I think from a practical standpoint, something you and I both agree on is that most people would probably be fine with a small truck. Most people don't need the massive trucks that they own. So from that perspective too, I think you know small trucks are really a smart idea. But however, there's the entire you know cultural issue of driving a small little baby truck in a world of massive F-350s. And, and I don't know if, if, if people are really ready to drive those, those small trucks because they like their big trucks too much. That's all I'm scared of is that people, we are so far down the path of big trucks that small trucks are going to look goofy <laughs> and they're just not going not gonna to feel right anymore. Well, so... That's, that's interesting. I, I would agree with you pre- pretty much on most points. Mm-hmm. I, I would just add that um, I, I think they might be actually good sellers. First of all, Ford hasn't announced the Maverick officially. Yeah. All we know is that there are prototypes running around, right? And prototypes almost with no camouflage or actually no camouflage. Hmm. So it's kind of really strange. They, they haven't really announced it officially. And we're seeing all these uh, test vehicles out there. Um, Santa Cruz is official. Yeah, right? yeah, it's coming next week. Um, now there's Stellantis slash Ram slash uh, FCA. <laughs> um, they have many names, but um, they could play in this space too, technically, because they do have uh, the small kind of uh, crossover based trucks in other markets. Yeah. Um, and actually, GM does too. Um, yeah. Several other, you know, manufacturers have small trucks and like South America. South America, yeah, yeah, Europe, even um, in other markets. Um, so, so potentially this could be something new, and you know, I it think- also plays in. It also plays into this current push towards like adventure vehicles, right? Like everyone's trying to sell the latest adventure vehicle, Overlander, like the Bronco Sport kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, small trucks really fit into that lifestyle too if you're a quote-unquote lifestyle person and you have a kayak or a canoe or i don't know whatever go outdoors a small truck can be perfect right because you don't really necessarily really need off-road cred four-wheel drive is enough to get you where you got to go to the trailhead and then you Mm -hmm. go do your thing so yeah that from that perspective too they might be a, a win because that seems to be more popular than ever these days yeah and i think there are two other opportunities here right so trucks have been getting bigger all of them, right? The half yeah, tons oh are yeah. bigger, the heavy duties heavy. are bigger, even some of the mid-sized trucks are getting bigger, right? So first of all, there's like a little physical space <laughs> below it, right? Yeah. Uh, to where somebody who has a small garage or maybe lives in the city can't park a, you know, a GMC 2500 in their space. Totally. So, so that's that. And then also price and efficiency, right? Yeah. So trucks are getting more expensive. We talked about this, right? Um, even some midsize trucks like the Gladiator with all the options are getting expensive and some others. Um, F-150 is quite pricey. Um, so there's opportunity there to actually offer something more cheaply, uh, more affordably. Totally. And then there's people like, I was talking to my dad about this too. Um, he's basically kind of retired, just recently retired. And he's like, I kind of want to pick up, but I don't want something giant. Totally. You just want something to go to the Home Depot or the home improvement store, you know, and just pick up a few things and do some, you know, improvement projects. So Yeah. And currently, currently the perfect truck is the Ridgeline, right? That's most the Ridgeline owners. That's sort of what they say is I don't need a monster truck. I just need something to, you know, haul some 
soil once a year, right? But even the ridgeline is is not much smaller than every other midsizer. So yeah, you know, there's definitely a space to play underneath it. Um, I think personally, the thing I'm most excited for and the thing I've been most frustrated by is, is the lift-in height of new trucks. Like, you know, the bed on an F-150 is up in my chest. What mm. can I get into that bed, right? It, they got the great step on the back. Again, kudos for that. But, you know, it's ridiculous how tall trucks have become. And I, the other thing there is, is I think some of it is practicality and utility, but I think some of it's just styling. I think the manufacturers are making them bigger because they think we want them bigger. So I'm just excited because I really believe a smaller truck is more useful in a lot of ways. You can access that bed, you know, really easily. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And also looking at like possible powertrains, right? Because these companies, once again, have a lot of different small engines, maybe hybrids or whatever. Yeah um that are available um to them so uh that's going to be really really interesting and how they spin it like the hyundai is saying it's a sport adventure vehicle right yeah that's what, exactly what i was saying right exactly that's how that's you what they called it days. but I, I could say hey it's kind of like a small utility vehicle you sure, know absolutely uh that's kind of where it's at I guess oh. they're just probably scared to call it a truck because they don't want us comparing it to an F-150 and being like, you know, they're both trucks. So how much can they handle? Like, you got to realize they're totally different, right? But dude, in 2022, I want to see a Maverick versus Santa Cruz Heck yeah. um, truck king challenge. Okay? Oh, no, Ike Gauntlet, man. Ike Gauntlet. <laughs> I want you to load them up and run them up the Ike. That's the other, that's the other question too, is what are the payload ratings or, or the towing ratings on these trucks? Cause like yeah. midsizers are, you know, around 7,000 between six and seven. So these trucks are realistically 5,000 pounds, probably. Or maybe less. Maybe yeah, less. we gotta, we gotta wait and see, right. That'll be yeah. interesting too. Cause yeah. especially again, the other thing that's hot these days, man, are, are campers, right? Camper sales, trailer sales are insane. Mm -hmm. So that opens up a whole other world of buy the small truck and you can buy a nice little 3000 pound camper and have a good little package, you know? Yeah. And also like teardrop campers, um, oh, yeah. you know, they weigh anywhere between one and 2000 pounds, right? Yeah. So it's perfect. So you could tell it with a Bronco sport even, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not bad, man. Well, yeah, I'm excited, Andre. More more trucks is uh, always good for us, right? Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> Stephen, I really appreciate your time. I uh, haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, yeah, I was happy to talk to you guys too, man. I had, had a chat with Roman today too. It was nice to catch up. Yeah, totally, dude. So let's do more of this. Maybe we can focus a little bit more next time on heavy-duty trucks. Sure. And, um, you know, actually look into some of the capabilities because that's also crazy, right? 37,000 oh, yeah. pounds of towing. It's nuts. It's nuts. Hey, you can do that now legally, right? With your CDL. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Dude, it took me so long to get my CDL. And oh, I good for you, man. Have one. Good for you. Yeah, it was it was cool, dude. Especially on a big rig. So and I ha I have an air brake endorsement. Yeah. So I can technically drive, except you can make fun of me, but I don't have a manual transmission endorsement. Oh, really? So you actually took it with an auto and you can't drive with a manual then. That's right. And the decision there was, so... Most trucks are auto now anyways, right? I'm all, all new big rigs are pretty Most much of them are auto. Like yeah. I was talking to manufacturers like uh, Freightliner and some others, and they're like 80 to 90 or more percent are now automatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or they're actually not automatics. They're automated manuals. Automated manuals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which so is they're actually, which is you know, weird. they have clutches yeah um but and also buses you know big tour buses same thing yeah um and and also it was going to be harder and longer and more expensive 
to actually get that certification. So because of all those things, I was like, well, I know Dan Atkinson, you know, our truck guy, he's going to be making fun of me for the rest of my life. But, yeah, but but for your purposes, you're never going to get into a Ram 3500 that's got a manual. So Well, not anymore. I mean? Yeah, exactly, right? So I, I know, you know, you might not be driving big rigs, but you're, you know, just hauling with these HD trucks these days, man. You need that yeah. CDL, so now you can yeah, do totally. that. So, yeah, that's where we are. And uh, when are you going to renew your CDL or? So, I mean, I'm not, I, well, I'm not full on CDL here in Canada. I have what's called my DZ actually here in Ontario. So my Z is my air brake endorsement. So I, I have air brakes as well. And then D means I can drive um, a single vehicle. So it, it can't be a trailer. I'm still maxed out trailer weight in Canada. Oof, I'm going to say the wrong number now. I think it's 12,000 pounds in Canada before you have to get a special license. But anyways, I can drive vehicles that have uh, GVWR up to like 60,000 pounds or something. So, so like a dump truck. Dump, dump truck. Yeah, I, I used to be a garbage truck driver and then I delivered beer for a while. Those big straight trucks. And when I got my license, actually, I took it in a Freightliner FL60 which had a six-speed manual, which was exactly like out of a car. Like it had uh -huh. synchros and everything. So it was, it was like the exact same for me. Uh -huh. And then one day I got into a Freightliner, I think it was an FL80, and it had a 10-speed split shift, which mm. is a whole different animal, right? I don't yeah. know if you even tried doing it yet, but I, I did learn how to do it. That is one of the most satisfying things. When you nail the shifts and the split shift yeah. and you don't use the clutch anymore, oh, it's it's so satisfying, but it's really oh, hard to And it's cool, and I, I would love to do it. It's not like I'm against manual transmissions. Yeah. But I, when, they, when they told me, and I did this in Phoenix, Arizona, actually, I went to school there. They said, if you stall the truck once, you're gone. You wow. failed the test. If you, uh, if it's like jerking around, you, you fail. Wow. So, I mean, the, you know, the amount <laughs> of practice you have to have is, you know, really quite high. Exactly. It's a lot of time, man. Anyway. Well, thanks, dude. Uh, thanks yeah, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And if I can just plug myself one more time, if you guys want to come check out what we're doing, come see Truck King on YouTube. You'll yeah. probably find us in that little bar right next to the TFL video you're watching. Well, well, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> your channel is behind me. And, uh, much and appreciated, also I, dude. I, I always watch your videos, so it's, it's all good. Thanks, dude. Yeah, oh, trust me, I'm all over TFL stuff. Every time I click, I'm like, oh, TFL's got their video up already. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> well, we have a bit, slightly bigger team. Oh, yeah, nice. Good to know. Team. Nice. All right, All right well, yeah, thanks so much for having me, dude. Hope we can do it again soon. All right, so sounds good. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.